Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez here. And today I've got the privilege of hosting the amazing Adam Sampson. Adam is the Director of Clinical Operations at CureBase. He's responsible for leading the clinical operations department, inclusive of all clinical programs. He's got a history of just some amazing work. Previously, also lead clinical research associate at the Duke Clinical Research Institute, where he also served as a clinical trials project leader. And at CureBase, they're focused around decentralizing that clinical research solution, getting drugs to market faster. It's a fascinating platform and I'm excited to learn more about it with Adam here on the podcast. So Adam, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, well, thank you, Saul. And yeah, th thanks so much for the introduction. Glad to be here. Yeah. You know, Adam, before we dive into CureBase and the work that you guys do, you know, around CROs, just talk to us about what inspires your work in healthcare. Yeah, I'd be glad to. So I've had a lot of firsthand experience, um, like many of us, right, with the impact of quality health care or, uh, you know, sometimes the lack thereof and, you know, understanding that I'm very fortunate, but not everyone has access to, to quality health care, even in this country and certainly around the world. And whether that's due to, you know, cost being the prohibiting factor, geographics, or, you know, uh, we're gaining a better understanding of just a a lack of knowledge or mistrust of the, the healthcare system in certain communities. And this is what inspires me, right, is making drugs and medical device development, the clinical research space, more transparent, as well as, you know, cheaper and more widely accessible. And the development of medical interventions, they require clinical trials. So, you know, I'm inspired every day to find ways to conduct those trials more efficiently, more cost-effectively, ensuring that we have equity and diversity in, in trial populations and maintaining still, you know, the highest qualities of standards for data quality and patient safety. For sure. Yeah, there's, you mentioned a lot of really great stuff there, Adam, you know, the, the challenges with access, whether it be geography or, you know, socioeconomic, you know, getting these things to market and, you know, CROs, clinical research organizations are really kind of going through a lot of change right now, especially with COVID, but even before that, right? There's been a lot of movement around decentralized trials and, and how, we, how we move these trials to the home. And it's becoming a reality with technology such as CureBase is providing. So, so talk to us a little bit about that, Adam. Tell us, tell us how CureBase is adding value to the healthcare ecosystem. Yeah. And, and as you mentioned, right, there's just, there's a lot of change happening really quickly in this space and you're seeing, you know, leveraging of technology and, and that's really where CureBase fits in. And, you know, we actually, CureBase partners with contract research organizations or, or CROs, as well as sponsors to offer the most flexible solutions for decentralized trials that's out there. And I don't know, so is it helpful perhaps for listeners for me to kind of discuss a little bit of what a decentralized trial is for context? Absolutely. Yeah, you know what? It's worth, it's worth diving in, Adam. Let's do it. Sure. So I think a, a helpful way to think of it first is to start with contrasting decentralized clinical trials with traditional trials, which, you know, your traditional clinical trial would occur at a physical location. So that might be a large academic institution or hospital. Um, it might be a small site. But nonetheless, Everything has to occur at that physical location. So there's, you know, doctors and their staff are there, 
and a patient comes to the physical location and they're screened for the study, they're told about the study, if they want to participate, they have to come back to that location multiple times for a number of different procedures, depending on the type of study. In a decentralized clinical trial, what we do is rather than have everything occur at a central location, we take and we make it such that most, if not all, of the activities can occur remotely or at place of the participant's choosing. So, for instance, rather than having a participant drive to a research site, which, let's face it, you know, many, many people are, you know, hours from the closest research site, we can have our research coordinators at CureBase contact these participants remotely and walk through the process, you know, via video call, via telemedicine, walk through what it is to participate in the clinical trial. They can complete the consent process and qualification. We can loop in the, the, the doctor as well. And depending on the nature of the trial, if there are things that need kind of being in person, we can send a mobile phlebotomist or a mobile nurse to the participant house or a place of their choosing. So that's what decentralized trials does. It takes the traditional model that requires really participants to go places to a physical location, and it brings that trial to a place of the participants choosing. So you can have a fully decentralized trial, or you'll hear about hybrid trials now too, where you know it's kind of a blend of the two. And that, that's where most of the centralized trials are right now. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. That's a, it's good to level set on that. And I mean, if you think about it, there people have a hard time getting to the doctor to begin with, you know, and mm-hmm. if you're part of a research trial, just to keep showing up and to keep showing up, and then you have all of the geographic barriers that you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, it, it becomes it becomes a challenge. So to, to really like, who are you going to get to enroll and do I get to enroll if it's something that I could benefit from? So Adam, talk to us a little bit about how you believe what you guys are doing at CureBase is different or better than what's available today. Sure. Yeah. That feeds well into the prior you know, question around, yeah, how, how are we taking the DCT and, and adding value to healthcare and how do we do it differently? So CureBase, we offer both software and services. So we're our flagship offering is our CureBase software, where we have basically all the, the technology that you'd need for the participant and the doctor and the sponsor, the CRO to conduct a trial. So e-consent and for folks who are familiar with clinical research, you know, e-source or the ability to collect data remotely, all that sits within the CureBase system. We take it a step further and we have services as well that align with that software. So that's where my group in clinical operations sits is, you know, when it comes to things like project management and monitoring those data, Mm -hmm. as well as interacting with participants directly. So our research coordinators, this enables, you know, recruitment and clinical data collection in any setting, really, whether it's a local clinic or mobile care or any other different ways. So as you might imagine, this can help us do things, you know, more efficiently, more cost effectively, everything, you know, we had kind of mentioned at the beginning, right? Ensuring diversity because we can reach communities that otherwise really don't have access to these type of facilities. And really, you know, the thing that we're trying to do to add value and, and, and differentiate is to improve the participant experience more than anything else, make it almost enjoyable, right, to, to participate in these clinical trials. 
Yeah. So really you guys have the software and the service to help with it. And, you know, I would imagine it, it's something that becomes very useful when you have the knowledge, right? I mean, you spent a lot of time conducting these. So you, you know, you've been in the shoes of your customers that are using your services and I'm sure you're able to provide that much more value because of it. Yeah, I think it helps a lot, you know, trying to take my background every day as a clinician and researcher with an academia and pharma and tech to kind of yeah, re-envision what clinical trials can be. And, and most recently, actually, I was a participant in one of the COVID-19 vaccine trials, which was really enlightening oh, yeah? for me to kind of be on the other side yeah, of, the, of the equation and, and see what that is like. And, you know, there were some really yeah. good things and some things where I thought, you know, do I really need to drive all the way in there to get a blood draw today? For me, it was only 30 minutes, but still it's, you know, by the time you drive out there and do it. And get so, yeah, back. just trying to find ways. Three hours, exactly. right? Three, four hours. Mm -hmm. Did you have exactly. to spend it like that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, just thinking through this, like a lot of benefits can happen from decentralized trials, right? You mentioned diversifying the research kind of patient base. What are some of the other things that we could benefit from shifting to from centralized to decentralized? So certainly doing trials more efficiently and cost effectively, so quicker, right? And I think that yeah. Many of us, you know, saw how quickly, especially those outside of the industry, saw how quickly the COVID trials were done and for vaccines, and it almost made people feel like they went too fast. But, you know, being in the trenches every day, what you find out is that much of the things that make it the average, you know, 10 years for, for us to get a drug from, you know, from the bench or from the lab into, the, into patients is, you know, administrative type burdens and lots of just things that have to align for these things to happen. And when you have a community that's using, you know, all the best technology and tools at their fingertips, it does allow us to apply the same level of standards for data quality and patient safety and just do things quicker. So for instance, in a decentralized trial, the data that we collect, we're collecting them in, in our CureBase platform directly into an electronic system. So typically, back to the traditional model, sites will collect data on paper, generally, and then those the data that are collected on paper, even still, the vast wow. majority. That's crazy. I know. And then Sorry they have to, to transcribe like, wow. that. <laughs> no, it's fine. Shocking. Yeah, um, it is. So then they transcribe it. They have to it. transcribe that, exactly, from, that, from paper to an electronic system. Now the paper is sitting at the site. So for the sponsor of the study, they have to, from a regulatory perspective, demonstrate that they have oversight. So they have to fly somebody, a representative to that site, so that they can compare that the data on paper matched the data in the computer. Oh, so geez. just that alone, you can imagine when you have a system where for CureBase, when the sponsor wants to monitor our data, they have our platform and their platform and you know, everything can be done remotely. So it saves time, saves money, of course, because they don't have to fly people back and forth so much. So just that's one kind of example of how taking these types of these methods and putting in, them into practice can make things uh, more efficient and, and uh, more cost effective. For sure. Thank you for that, Adam. And do you believe that the pandemic has helped accelerate the use of the decentralized model? Undoubtedly. Yeah, without a doubt. So, you know, the concept of decentralized trials is not new. Yeah. It's been 
over a decade since the first fully remote trial, there's just been massive hesitancy from the industry. You know, we're highly regulated and the model has worked for a long time. And I think part of it too, right, the big players in the industry have been built around the traditional model. Mm-hmm. And you don't see a lot. I mean, CureBase, we were we started in 2017 and were purpose-built for decentralized trials. And I think that, yeah, our CEO, Tom Lemberg, had some insight into the future there. And just we were lucky to kind of already have the system kind of built out when the pandemic hit so that we could, we could you know, um, scale quickly. What you also see is, you know, tech companies generally focus on the software where large service providers focus on the services. And you yeah. know, we kind of differentiate by integrating one both in, under one roof. So it's, yeah, it's good whenever you can kind of have that view across the study. It's more seamless. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is different, but I recently, I have a bookkeeping company and I just for the longest time had just, just doing my taxes with somebody else. And I'm like, why am I doing this? And now that my bookkeeping company does my taxes, it's so much easier. They have everything they need. And I, and I think that's it's what, the same way. Yeah. And I think the industry is really learning that, you know, sponsors and CROs are, are learning that, you know, they were a little concerned that FDA might not accept the data because the regulations aren't, you know, crystal clear in a lot of areas. And there was also, I think, a concern around, you know, the, the ability to utilize these systems. And what the pandemic did, to your earlier point, is it just it put us all in a situation where, you know, you have we two have options, to. right? You can't, yeah. You can't send participants to the site for this, so it's stop the trial or use technology. Man, this is so so interesting. What would you say is is one of the biggest setbacks you've experienced, and a key learning? And it could just be it could even be like the industry, right? Like the, that the industry of decentralized has experienced. Either or, you could take it however you want. Sure. Yeah. I mean, for me, yeah. The when the pandemic hit, I think we were all a bit, you know panic in, in many ways, right? Personally and professionally and, you know, in the pharmaceutical and drug development, device development industry. I mean, myself, I was at a large pharmaceutical company managing a, a global late phase clinical trial that was in, you know, eight countries, three continents, 100 sites. And, you know, we quickly realized, as many others did, that you know, our study protocols just weren't really developed for anything like this. I mean, who could have really foreseen this? So, you know, we still have a lot to learn as an industry. We've been, you know, kind of thrust into this. I think that we're fortunate that we had the technology available. It was just a matter of leveraging it. So we were fortunate there. If this was, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it would have been been more difficult. Yeah. But yeah, for me, I mean, that as a setback is ultimately what led me to leave a a large, safe job at a pharmaceutical company to, to join a, a small startup technology company. Couldn't be glad or more happy that I did. Uh, Is it because you just saw it? Like, I mean, we were in the middle of it and you're like, there's no way we can't be doing this. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it, it was something that I already had glimmers of, of course, in the industry. Yeah. You realize like banking and other industries are doing this, right? We had a hard time even using electronic signatures. So that was kind of the, the moment for me when I realized there's other ways to do this and there are people that are going to work on these hard problems and I want to kind of be part of that. 
Good for you. That's fantastic. You went for it. I did. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And now you're working on it. And it's so exciting to hear your enthusiasm for the promise of decentralized trials and what they could do for cost, lowering costs, what they could do for time, decreasing the amount of time that it takes in the overall involvement of all parties, but also time to get a drug to market, just the ease that that could be accompanied with is hugely promising. And I'm sure it takes out a lot of costs too of the, in the pharma value chain through everything that you're, you've done and what you're doing now, Adam, what would you say you're, you're most excited about today? So, I mean, a big part of it too. I mean, it's super exciting and, you know, to see it across the industry, right? So there's groups, there's a new group called the Decentralized Trials and Research Alliance that Curebase is a member of, but, you know, we are a member among more than 100 members now that are pharma companies, tech companies, CROs, you know, multiple stakeholder sites that get together and we are trying to standardize, you know, what it is, what the definitions are, what best practices are, as well as another group that that I'm part of, Curebase, is contributing to the Clinical Trials Transformation Initiative. It's also looking at solving some of these things as well. So just pulling together as a community of professionals, but also, you know, it's exciting that clinical trials are dinner table conversation. You know, I used to know when I would say I worked in clinical research, people really didn't understand. And, you know, it's, I think it's contributing to an increase in public trust and again, increased options out there for clinical trials and increasing diversity in clinical trials and trying to make, yeah, that participant experience enjoyable and something that really helps us to get medical therapies to the market quicker. Yeah, that's for sure. It's very exciting. And you're right. I mean, it is commonplace. And honestly, I just go back to COVID, Adam, you know, like it's it's the thing that put a lot of topics such as telemedicine, virtual care, how we come out with these medicines, you know, the trials front and center. So it's certainly an exciting time to be involved in and also thinking through the work that you and your team at CureBase are doing, you know, for the listeners that want to connect with you and and the team and learn more about how they could use you guys or learn from you, what would be the best place that they could reach out? So definitely CureBase.com, so that's C-U-R-E-B-A-S-E, CureBase.com to learn more about CureBase. But, you know, listeners, feel free to reach out to me personally, Adam at CureBase.com. I'd be glad to answer any questions you might have or find ways we can collaborate. So yeah, any, anytime. Love it. Adam, I want to thank you again for visiting with us. This was really interesting and informative, and we're looking forward to hearing how you guys continue evolving this space. I really appreciate your leadership here. Thanks so much, Saul. Yeah, and thanks to everybody for listening. Thank you.